You're listening to the Digital Forensics Files podcast with your host, Tyler Hatch from DFI Forensics. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Digital Forensics Files podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Hatch from DFI Forensics. For anybody who's involved in digital forensics, at least in what we do, you might know that there's a lot of involvement that employment law and workplace lawyers have with digital forensics. So there's a couple of reasons for that. First of all, um, employees use uh, digital devices and computers and cell phones like never before, like we've never seen before in history. So um, the, the very fact that they use them so much is the reason why they're such a good source of evidence. You can really look at somebody's devices and tell a lot about what they've been doing. So when and another reason is because in the workplace, there's a lot of policies that an employee can potentially offend. Um, there's a lot of tempa- temptation by employees to earn more money by going to a competitor. And sometimes a part of leaving and going to a competitor is getting information from your present employer and taking it to the new place of employment, um, which they'll obviously have an advantage uh, in, in getting that information. The problem is that that's generally considered unlawful and is generally considered IP, intellectual property theft. So there tends to be a lot of lawsuits when certain employees leave and go to competitors. And um, when we're talking about stealing information, in 2020, and for a number of years now, it's really been digital. So we come in and we look at the, the devices, the network, and all these kind of things. And we get the facts related to how that employee may have stolen that information, um, all those kind of things. But what I want to talk to you about today is a little bit different. Um, I've seen in the news recently uh, something that really I found really interesting, and that's when people interact with social media, how that can come into play with getting them into trouble with their present employer. Now, this has been going on for quite some time. It's really nothing new. But what we generally see in these kind of situations is where an employee actually goes and um, actively post something on their social media that's controversial, um, scandalous in some way, and has an impact on the business. So it makes their employer look bad. You know, for example, I, I always point to the, um, the situation from many, many years ago when, when Prince Harry uh, went to a Halloween party exercising some phenomenally bad judgment and he was dressed as some sort of Nazi. Um, really bad decision. That made it out on social media. It caused a whole bunch of embarrassment to the royal family, caused a whole bunch of controversy. And, and really, when you think back to it, Harry was kind of a little shit back then. He wasn't quite um, the, the, the fine, mature young man that we see today. So interesting to look back on that. But this generally happens with some employees. They'll go off and they'll um, post something you know, racially or, or anti-certain um, sexual orientation, anything controversial like that. It tends to... Um, negatively reflect on their employer and their employer is almost forced um, in in an act of condemning that position that was represented by their employer to actually discipline or dismiss the employee Um, so so that's interesting what I saw this week was was an example of somebody who was on a local university here in Vancouver the UBC was some sort of board of director um, member and he didn't post anything on his social media, but he liked some controversial comments or some material that was posted on Twitter, I believe. And it basically had to do with the Black Lives Matter movement and 
these these posts were very much anti Black Lives Matter, and the the comments were disparaging about the protesters and the people who were being involved in this movement. Um, he didn't actually say anything. He just liked them, and I think he may have shared. But anyways, it was enough to catch the eye of of some people who are involved in the movement and saw that this person had basically in liking these posts um, set out publicly his his opinion his position on this issue and it, it became controversial now they didn't they didn't have to fire this gentleman but they i assume there were some very uh serious backdoor discussions involving him resigning and he ended up taking that and and running with it so he did resign um which i found was very interesting so it was a little bit of a different twist on the ordinary facts that we see, but very much relevant to today's time. You, you're under scrutiny. When you're a public figure or a high-level executive and you're running around on social media, you, you've got to be very careful um, about what you do. If it reflects poorly on the company, they may take action against you. And where it involves us is because when that kind of a decision is made from a human resources and a management level, um, hopefully, that organization is basing their decision on some sort of investigation or collection of digital evidence. So um, you might want to, at the very minimum, screenshot that post as part of your investigation. You might want to call on somebody like us to do a bit of a forensic investigation, at least acquire the evidence forensically, have a third party confirm um, that this was the post as it appeared on this particular day so that if you have to go to court to maintain the position that this person ought to be disciplined or dismissed altogether, that evidence will survive the test of time, it'll be collected, and there will be a permanent record of it by somebody as a third party to your organization. Um, that's really what we're here to do. That's a, a very basic example of collecting digital evidence in, in the sense that it's a social media post. It's not exactly high-level forensics, but I still think it's appropriate always if it's, a, if it's an important um, dismissal or disciplinary action to a high-level employee that you want to have solid founding, a solid ground, ground, solid foundation to actually make that decision. That evidence should be collected properly. And in my opinion, it should always be done by a third party, such as any digital forensics firm who has the appropriate tools and the skill set to to collect and provide that evidence. So um, just wanted to drop that. Um, yeah, just make some comments on that. I thought it was a really interesting story. So um, so thanks again, everybody. I'm going to sign out. This is just a brief episode here. I just wanted to jump on. We're sort of, we're firing up season two. For anybody who may know from following us on social media, I took a bit of a hiatus as the business was getting quite busier and um, doing the podcast at, at a high level like I like to do, became a little time consuming and um, I ran into some scheduling issues with some, some guests and, and their practices and their, their lives were busy as well. So I just decided to take a break for a couple months and pick it up again and I'm glad I did because I love podcasting, I love getting information, I love talking about what we do and I know a lot of people out there have been really supportive of this podcast and I'm very appreciative for all of you. So it's available um, on Apple Podcasts. It is available on Spotify. I'm going to start putting more content on YouTube as well. And of course, if you want to listen, we're hosted on anchor.fm uh, slash DFI Forensics. 
as usual. Um, follow us on um, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Facebook uh, at DFI Forensics on all platforms. Uh, as well as if you check out our, um, our website, it's just been beautifully redesigned with the help of Choker Creative. Um, really top-notch web design people and uh, I'm thrilled to have worked with them and, and the website's really um, taken a step up in terms of how it looks and presents the information. So thrilled there. So everybody be sure to have a good um, look through the website at dfiforensics.ca. And again, um, we're going to start putting more content here on YouTube. So if you're seeing this video, I would love it if you could like it, share it with your network, and of course, subscribe to our channel. Thank you everyone for listening. And this is Tyler Hatch from DFI Forensics signing out with the first episode from season two.